The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. Every sports media star has a story. From the highs... We are number one. We just grabbed every key demographic. <laughs> to the lows... You're fired! The path to success is always different. To help you learn more about the industry's top broadcasters, Barrett Sports Media brings you the Sports Talkers Podcast. Now, here's your host, Stephen Strong. The big 2-0. 20 episodes of the Sports Talkers Podcast down, hopefully thousands of more to go thanks for making me a part of your morning afternoon or night this is the sports talkers podcast i'm steven strom today we've got michael grady the new voice of the minnesota timberwolves he just took over for dave benz who was calling wolves games for 10 seasons we talk about the transition from brooklyn where michael was a sideline pre and post game talent for the nets what he learned under the tutelage of ian eagle broadcast advice as always and how he professionally covered a Brooklyn Nets team, uh, not only uh, what's been happening recently, but that was something with the vaccine and the COVID drama of last year. It has been a long, long two years for the Brooklyn Nets, and Michael was a part of that last year. So we talk a little bit about how you cover something uh, like that, as serious as it was, professionally without trying to step on anyone's toes so it's an interesting reveal from michael so you definitely want to hear that make sure to rate subscribe and review the sports talkers podcast apple podcast spotify all that good stuff and without further ado let's get to him michael grady here he is how did you get into broadcasting give us kind of a timeline and, and when you started to really think this could be a career a uh, junior year of high school they had a radio station and a kind of a mock tv setup at the uh, the high school that i attended in indianapolis um, I was a big sports fan already at that point. Um, and, you know, wanted to be a you know basketball player when I was a kid. But then, as you get as you get older, still love playing the game. And then you start seeing these gigs and around it. And um, I was really, really a huge fan of Bob Costas and Ahmad Rashad. So I tell people all the time, the '98 Finals really had a big time impression on mm. me on on those NBA, NBA on NBC broadcasts. But junior year of high school, that's when. I was able to get into the radio studio, put in a lot of work, loved radio at that particular time. That was my first love for a, for a long stretch. And everything just really blossomed from there. And where did you go to college? I went to Vincennes. So when I was in high school, I showed so much uh, so much passion, you know, on the broadcasting side that the school paid for me to go to a, bro- a weekend broadcasting workshop at Vincennes. Wow. And, um they the the I was able to see the program there at Vincennes. It was a two year school at the time. And what I liked about it, I had by the time I was graduating high school, I already had two years of experience around a microphone, running a board, all those kinds of things. And I love that at Vincennes, they were going to throw me right into the fire with it again, with it only being a two year school where if I went to a four year school, you know, you're obviously going to get an amazing education at those schools as well, but you may not touch a microphone until maybe sophomore year, maybe Mm. junior year. And I wanted to jump in right away and really felt like after those two years, I'd be able to get an opportunity and work somewhere. And um, fortunate for me, that's how it, that's how it turned out. Um, Got a gig right out of uh, Vincennes, continued on at IUPUI, but started working at a 50,000 watt station in downtown Indianapolis. And that really was another, you know, big turning point for me as far as, my career goes. Was play-by-play always the end goal, Michael? 
Yeah, but I think it, it may be the end goal. But I think one thing you understand about this process is you have to love broadcasting in general if you want to end up there. You may want to do play-by-play, -play, but you may have to do a number of other jobs as you work your way to that final destination. And so I knew I wanted to do play-by-play, -play, but I mm. had to be realistic about when those opportunities were going to come. How could I take advantage of it? How could I get enough reps to take myself to another level? So everybody's story, everybody's journey is different, but started out board op, you know, then a little bit of on-air work, then more behind the scenes as an executive producer, mm. then getting my own radio show, doing PA work for the Indiana Pacers and developing those relationships. There are officials, you know, NBA reps who still walk up to me and remember me from doing PA during my <laughs> time with the Pacers. And doing a, being PA was never a goal of mine, but it definitely put me in position to meet people, rub elbows with a lot of folks that um that I would eventually end up calling my colleagues today. So yeah, everybody's journey is different, um, but definitely embraced every single job that I had along the way to eventually be in play by play, which absolutely was the was the goal. Um, after watching um, Costas and and Marv Albert too in the whole yep. NBA on NBC for so it's great. What did you know about Minnesota? I guess. Uh, I, I, because you were sidelined and you worked in an NBA environment, you, we obviously know you traveled to Minnesota, but let's just say prior to that, what did you know about Minnesota uh, before you, you, you ever went there? Uh, I, I didn't know really anything other than it's cold. <laughs> and after I got the job, I found out how little people really know about Minnesota also, because all they would say is bring a coat. So there was, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of cultural things. There's a lot of uh, nuance um, about the people, about the community that I was really excited about learning about and getting an education. It's a and great I'm still basketball in that town. process. It is a great it basketball is. town. Yeah. And, you know, Jim P talks about that all the time. And so, you know, when I was my time in New York, which I loved, I wasn't able to see kind of the um, – the prep stars, the high school athletes, yeah. you know, in Indiana where I grew up, that's a big deal watching high school basketball and seeing these guys grow and develop and go to the next level. And so one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is, you know, checking out some high school games, you know, around the area um, and checking out the Gophers, obviously. Yeah. And watching some college basketball. So those are all those little those those little things that I that I miss um, that I'm excited to get back and just kind of watching. Um, just some old school hoops. And by old school, I mean, you know, there's a whole bunch of bells and whistles when you watch NBA games nowadays and sure. halftime and timeouts and all that type of stuff. But going to a high school game where, you know, it's just cheerleaders, it's just chatter of fans and you're watching these kids uh, go at it and battle. There's just something um, uh, there's something sweet about that that I, I look forward to checking out around the air. 100%. Michael Grady with us now, the new voice of the Timberwolves. And, you know, uh, one thing I've learned doing these interviews and these stories, uh, it is a cutthroat business. And unfortunately, your next opportunity could come at the expense of someone losing theirs. Uh, what was it like and how has it been, you know, stepping into a spot where Dave Benz was with the Timberwolves for 10 plus seasons? You know, I I, um, I have such great a great deal of respect and admiration for all who who do this, and um, and Dave obviously as well. Um, but during the time that the Timberwolves started courting me, you know, that decision to you know to move in a different direction had already been made. I was going through a whole lot with my my mom who was sick and eventually passed at the time, and then here are these contract negotiations that are going on and. Um, 
that whole process, I was just thinking about young Michael watching, as I mentioned, those Costas broadcasts, watching mm. Jordan and thinking about that, you know, dream that I had, you know, as a young man and an opportunity to be one of 30 play-by-play announcers for a team in the NBA. Um, you can, there's only one yeah. on television. And so for me, I was just wrapped up in thinking about whether it was the best move for me, whether it was the best decision to leave New York and to come to Minnesota to take advantage of this opportunity. But the more I talked about it with friends, colleagues, my wife, for sure, my family, um, and the more I talked to the people around the organization, you know, top down from Glenn Taylor and his wife to A-Rod and Mark Laurie to mm-hmm. um, other folks, you know, um, you know, Ryan Tankey and Ethan Kaysen and and uh, and the people who were involved with Valley Sports. That's where all my focus was. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't about who I was replacing or anything like that. You know, these people see something in me and they want me to bring that to the broadcast. If I get caught up in a whole bunch of other stuff, it distracts me from the goal. And um, and uh, and that's to put a great product out there on television. And so, yeah, I haven't got caught up in the, you know, controversy or anything to do with the, the past or anything like that. I, I have a lot of respect and I know I have to carry a torch. And I've done this a, a number of times in my career. You know, yeah. I've, I've said this before when I became the PA voice of the Pacers. I replaced a guy that was um, the public address announcer for Indiana since the late 60s. And oh, so, so here I am. And, so here I am in 2008. <laughs> and um, I'm this, you know, this young 20 something who's now the PA voice of the Pacers, you know, at a time where they're going to Eastern Conference finals and yeah. things like that and battling with LeBron James. And so just I'm just trying to be me have fun and um and and continue to develop relationships within the organization within on television but also within the community which really excites me one guy that has uh, really been great to me is ian eagle and and i know that you know him well Uh, what did you learn from ian from your years in brooklyn i think preparation i think preparation and you know it's um there are certain things that i didn't need to learn but it it he kind of reinforced to me because we're very similar personalities. You know, his, his, his father was a was a comedian. He has a Ian has a great sense of humor. His son Noah has you know has an amazing sense of humor. And um, I grew up on you know stand up comedy and laughing and not taking yourself too seriously and remembering that this is a game. Yep. Yes, people's emotions ride you know rise and fall with whether the team is doing well. But at the end of the day, it's a game. The broadcast should be fun. And he put so much work into his craft that it's, I mean, it's damn near, you know, yeah. perfect. It's damn near flawless. And so to see a master at work every day for over five years was an education that was absolutely invaluable for me. So, so yeah, to, to see his, and I say this all the time too, to watch him do an NFL game on Sunday a Nets game on Monday, a TNT game on Tuesday, insane. Um, another Nets game on Wednesday, and to have the same enthusiasm and the same attention to detail and the same precision on Wednesday that he had on Monday. He's a machine. Um, it's it's impressive, and not everybody's built like that. And no. so, uh, so it was amazing to watch it. When you look back at maybe a pivotal part in your career, um, what are some of the things that you can do? as someone trying to be an aspiring broadcaster 
how to get to that next step. Is it networking? Is it reps? If you had to narrow it down and give me one, what was that for you? I, I think networking is extremely important uh, for sure. I think um, the hard work, the fact that, you know, we talk about NBA players and not taking days off and staying in the gym and things like that. Well, us as broadcasters have to have that same kind of mentality. We should be doing something, whether it's prep work, voice work, something just about every single day. Sure. And 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 doing the best we can to get some things on tape. And there's, it's a lot easier nowadays than it was uh, when I was growing up. So I would say networking is important. The work put into the craft, working on, you know, um, yeah, one, one of the guys that I grew up listening to, Mark Boyle, is a radio voice for the Pacers, Pacers yep. would just tell me be, a, you know, a master of the language and um, um, expanding your vocabulary and working at that. Um, you, we do these broadcasts and we do 82 games and, you know, you want to be able to describe the action, you know, um, you know, not in a way that's redundant, um, but but in a way that you are um, painting the picture, even doing sure. television, still painting the picture with your word. So it's it, there's all kind of things you can do in terms of the work on a daily basis, because you don't know. No one knows when that opportunity is going to come. Someone can knock on your door tomorrow. You can get a phone call a month from now. It could be, you know, a year from now when you bump into someone on the street and that turns into something. And so, um, you know, you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Get ready. What okay, a little Udonis Haslam bring into yeah, the pot. I love that, Michael. A little, a little uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm sure you'd appreciate that. And that, and and eventually at some point, if you really want to, you know, want to expand, um, having the right agent is extremely, is extremely important too. Some people are fortunate and they're able to land jobs and not have to go through an agent. But, the, but as far as the networking component yeah. and the connections component, that's literally their job. And so, and these are things that, you know, either would not have happened if I, on my own or, sure. um, or it would have taken a lot, a lot longer. And so finding someone who believes in you, that's in your corner, um, uh, and, and, and obviously was able to negotiate, you know, the deal with the, uh, the Timberwolves. Um, that's also, also extremely important, not necessarily in those early stages In those early Correct. stages, yes. it's all about the groundwork. It's all about the groundwork, doing something every day, but networking is, is, is extremely, you know, important and making a good impression on yep. the people that you're around being good to the people who are around you. Uh, talking about just you in Brooklyn and, you know, let's just be honest, there was a lot of drama last year as it, it kind of uh, fermented into into this year as well. Uh, how did you approach that situation where you need to be professional, but you also need to be that journalist? Kind of give us your approach uh, in that particular season when interviewing and covering this team. I think the number one thing to keep in mind when covering a team and covering players um, is that they're human um, and they're human beings and we are storytellers and we need to take a lot of things into consideration when we remember that they're, they're people. And there are a lot of folks who want the, the, the quick attention and, and want to ask the question that maybe the response will will go viral and and just by doing that you turn that player into a um a product or an entity that's helping you get more views or whatever it may be. So I think it's really important to humanize the people that we are um interviewing that and, and the people whose stories that we are 
telling. And so last year, last year was tough. Um, uh, it, you know, it had the fact that there were issues and off the court um, problems and controversies and things like that didn't run me out. It didn't. Um, <laughs> people ask me that. People ask me that question a lot. Is and it's um, a fair uh, one. No, it's uh, uh, dream was always do play by play. So if opportunity came, yes. you know, then then um, then obviously it made a lot of sense for me because it's a dream come true. Um, but it wasn't easy because I love talking about basketball. And so to have to have conversations about COVID mandates, to have to have conversations about, you know, a player's refusal to get vaccinated and different things like that, that's taken me away from what I really love to do. And that's just talking about how amazing a player Kyrie Irving is or how amazing Kevin Durant is and his preparation to be, you know, excellent at, at his craft and one of the best to ever do it. Sure. So those are the only parts of the gig that aren't fun is when you're and, and I'm sure it's difficult for those for you know all my all my I call them fam who are there now and dealing with the um you know the latest uh, Kyrie Irving controversy which yeah. isn't easy. So you just try to you put your personal feelings to the side, you report on what's happened happening and you're fair. Um and I think that alone gives you gets you respect from the players. And that's extremely important. Mm. Um and if if I was on a political platform where I'm paid to give an opinion on something, then maybe I would blast Kyrie or praise Kyrie, depending on where my political or religious um, uh, affiliation lies. So, but from a basketball broadcaster standpoint, here are the facts. Here here's what people are saying about it. Here's what the you know Nets governor Josiah had to say about it. What head coach Steve Nash had to say about it. This is Kyrie Irving's point of view, et cetera, et cetera. And you work it on down. And I think from that standpoint, um, in stating the facts, what's important, how it's impacting the team, mm. which is always relevant and not assuming, but making sure that you ask guys, um, I think that that gets respected. And and that's what takes you to another. If you have players' respect, and I, I um, whether I agree or disagree with anything that happened in the locker room or outside the locker room, I had a good relationship with Kyrie. I had a, a good relationship with Kevin Durant. And um, I think that's really important. I think people, people see that and, and the relatability and the fact that I treated them with respect while also not compromising my integrity yep. uh, or credibility when it comes to reporting what's going on, I think really, uh, really served me well. So it's a, it, those are good questions and it's a delicate one for sure. Yeah. But you have to put your personal, personal feelings kind of to the side. Yep. Humanize who you're talking about and, and do your best to tell that story. Absolutely. And I think Kevin Durant's got a, a picture with you on his gram. So that, that is, that's in itself that, that speaks volume. Uh, Michael, it's been a pleasure, man. I <laughs> yeah. really appreciate it. And I'm trying to think when do you guys come down here to Miami, I, I know we Christmas. go to Minnesota um, in November. Did, did you say December? Uh, Christmas. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Christmas and uh, Christmas in Miami. So very I'm nice. Forward to that. Very nice. Hopefully looking we can meet up that. at some point. All right. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you again, Michael. Good to be on with you. All right, big shout-out to Michael Grady. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Grady, G-R-D-A-Y. Very simple, just his last name. Um, 
really fun conversation. We're going to switch things up, though. We're going to have some NFL people on. Uh, we went basketball the last couple of weeks just because, obviously, tis the season. We've got basketball. The NBA is back. Um, but we do want to keep everything fresh. Make sure to check out BarrettSportsMedia.com. We've got you covered with podcasts and everything you need to know about the sports media industry. We will talk to you next Thursday here. For Barrett Sports Media, I'm Steven Strom. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Sports Talkers Podcast with Stephen Strom. A reminder that each episode can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting platforms. To stay up to date on future episodes, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.